What's up, everyone? Paul Ponte here, and I'm here with Luke Hawks of Wildcat Wrestling uh, down there in Louisiana. Luke, say what's up to the people out here. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on. Glad to uh, hang out. Hey, I'm hanging out with my friend. We're doing uh, social distancing. Yes, keeping miles and miles apart. Many miles. Uh, so, Luke, uh, first, give out your uh, you know your social media stuff where we can find your uh, Wildcat Sports and everything. Give us all that info. Well, if you're interested in following a great character on social media, I'm that guy. I mean, not really a character because it's me in real life, but I'm kind of a character. So, uh, but if you want to follow me personally, it's at LukeHawks504. That's H-A-W-X, at LukeHawks504. If you want to follow my Wildcat Wrestling, that's W-I-L-D-K-A-T. Everything's at Wildcat Sports, K-A-T, cat with a K. Check us out. We're a great wrestling promotion. Uh, we've been around a little over eight years. We've had some massive events. Of course, Paul, you've been to a few of them, a good handful mm-hmm. of them. Uh, experienced much more than many because you were there not only in our New Orleans shows, our Philly shows, other areas. So it's cool that you've been a part of that. Um, and you'll see we're going to be putting out some more content over the next few weeks too. we're trying to, since we got this whole dilemma with the coronavirus, coronavirus and everything, we're just trying to pump out some content and catch uh, some eyes that we may not normally catch or just take advantage of the time that, you know, if people are home and they have a lot of time on their hands. So maybe it's a good chance to check out some wildcat media, wildcat social media. Yeah. I mean, this is mostly a, you know, a podcast about indie wrestling and uh, you've had pretty much all facets of this. You've helped produce indie shows. You've helped book indie shows, run indie shows. You've worked a ton of indie shows. So yeah. what and I, I didn't help. I, I, I've helped, but I've also done it. Like, yeah, it was me. So it's a yeah. wildcat. So there's been instances where I have helped. There've been instances where the whole thing's on me. Yeah, you know, from the show we just ran at the Pond Train Center. You know, we did over 2,200 people in Kenner, Louisiana, and I was crazy. And that that was all me. You know, nobody else. I, I mean, of course, I had some of my my Wildcat guys like Matt Lancey and Spade and those guys help out because I'm grooming them to take over things and put a lot more time in behind the scenes, not just in front of the cameras, you know what I mean? So not as just as performers, but as personnel backstage. So what's, uh, you know, working the indies for, for a number of years already. What's one thing when you started, decided to like start your own promotion that you thought we're definitely not going to do this, or we're definitely going to have to do this. Like what are the, like the, the things you knew you either had to do or you definitely would not do. Well, I had to do it right. I mean, that was a big thing for me is doing it right, not just putting out your friends and putting out. I think that's a lot of problems with the independence is that people are quick to try and put out a product just to put out something instead of doing it right. Instead of, you know, a lot of guys, oh, this guy's my friend on Facebook. We talk every day. I got to book this guy, this, that, you know, screw that. They ain't no friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean not, not business wise. You could be friends with somebody, but I don't book somebody because they're my friend. I book somebody because they have a strong work ethic and they're going to do what's best for business. So, um, and I mean, you know, from being around the scene forever, how, how, I don't even know how long we've known each other for now, but it's been a minute. So it's, you've been with me for many years. So, and my situations changed throughout the years. I've had so many different atmospheres evolving wrestling, you know, from the XPW days to the NWE Wildside days to CZW, PWU to the Wildcat days. And that's not including doing the big shows and working with companies like WWE and et cetera like that, um, or TNA or, or Ring of Honor. Like there's, there's all those experiences too. But, you know, the game's changed so much. It's evolved. And the things we've seen in the business have been so crazy. I mean, the XBW days were crazy alone, right? You know about the porn yeah. star, the drugs, the this, the that. 
And that, that was my first like opening to things. When you go into, you know, I went from independent shows in Louisiana that were drawing 20 people, 30 people, 40 people with these turds that literally couldn't put a headlock on properly to going into a, a stage like XBW where there's 3,000, 4,000, even 5,000 people there sometimes at these big shows at like the Grand Olympic Auditorium and these workhorses and, you know, there's girls around, there's drugs around. There's, it's crazy how the times have changed since then because you go in back then and guys were openly doing like Nubane or cocaine or, you know, these crazy, it's just this, this, this rock star party atmosphere to where now you go in and guys don't even do drugs anymore, which is cool. I never did drugs. So it was like, uh, back then I was the guy that wasn't partying. I was the guy that was going, you know, I'd hang out with everybody, but I'd go to sleep early or I'd, and I didn't even drink back then. I drink now, but I didn't drink back then. So these guys would be, you know, party all night, do a show the next day, stay up, no sleep all night, do the show, party again all night. So for me, that was that was out of my atmosphere. Yeah, and it's uh, especially different now because of social media. And, you know, back then, everyone didn't have a smartphone that could take 1080p video of dudes doing drugs next to them. <laughs> right, right. And it, and it happens, bro. It happens. Uh you know exactly, and but that was that was everything back then. That was you know if you were in films, if you were in rock bands, if you were rappers, if you were, I mean I couldn't tell you how many times I've been someplace that was in some kind of form of entertainment, and you see some guy doing something. It was just that was just what they did. It mm-hmm. was there was no second you know thoughts about it. And if you came from the outside world, it was crazy to you. But it wasn't crazy to see your uncle do it on the couch at your house. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like they're like. Oh, this guy's a celebrity and he's doing this. Yeah, well, he ain't no different than, you know, Uncle Joe, who's over here snorting some cocaine in the bathroom. I mean, I don't know how about how you grew up, but how I, grew, I grew up crazy, bro. My, my life was wild. So, you know, my parents would, you know, drugs, alcohol, fights, mm-hmm. jail, in and out. Everything was constantly nuts. So, uh, I mean, not just in red, I'm talking about life. Like, I was just telling this story earlier about I came home and, and actually I didn't even come home. I was home. And the guy who was watching me OD, so I had to sit in the house with a dead body for hours before my mom and her got home. Oh Found shit! That guy was just sitting there dead on the couch. I'm like, yeah, he he'd been like that for hours. He wouldn't work. He wouldn't wake up. You know? Oh my god! How old were you at this time? In that eight to ten range, a lot of stuff happened in like the ten year old range. So uh, yeah, it's just it's just a crazy life, and then that you, it, there's not too many things that can shock me nowadays because I've seen so much growing up. Yeah. That, it's all kind of like kids these days. They don't have. I saw. I'm talking like I'm an old man. But kids these days, they got no concept of how life really is. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. so privileged, and I'm not talking like white privilege, all that bullshit. I'm saying people are privileged. Like they don't realize what struggle is. They don't realize what hard work is. They, you know, everything's just handed to them. There's such easy ways to do things now. You can complain and get a job. You know, you can go. Oh, this guy, like. like you, you, you complain and somebody gives you a job. It's like, no, hmm. dude, back in the day, you had to bust your ass and be the best worker to get a job. Like, it's, it's crazy. So did you ever find, especially when you were starting out, you had indie guys that were, you were around who were acted super hard and you were like, you grew up like way better than I did. How are you coming up to me acting super hard? Around? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but not really with me. You know what I mean? Like, I got in a bunch of fights in the locker rooms and – um and, and, and but a lot of times, nobody really acted that way with me because they. So I would get tested because of my attitude, and I, I had a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always gonna have a chip on my shoulder because of the way I grew up. But 
they some knew not to test because of that and some would test because of that. Um, but I earned a lot of respects. I mean, I, I remember being an XPW and being with a guy like Supreme, right? Supreme had this reputation of just knocking dudes out. You go back and watch all those XPW promos, guys would come out the hallway and be Supreme just cleaning house. Boom, boom, boom. Like just legit, just punching guys in the face. He would, you know, him and Pogo were these uh, basically exterminators in XPW. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They, they were told to run through dudes and just beat dudes' asses. So, you know, and and, and I, I'm not going to say nobody was rough with me, but I wasn't getting that 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 aspect from him. Partly it was, it was because I was in with Vic, but partly is too because, you know, I could hold my own. Mm-hmm. Like, guys don't want to test somebody. A lot of people pick on guys they know they pick on. And I'm not saying Supreme Pogo ever picked on any guys. They, they weren't like that. Um, not at all. But they were tough sons of bitches. And if you, if you wanted to be involved with them, you had to be able to keep up with them. And I'm not talking from a work rate. I'm not talking about, like, you know, an Arn Anderson going in there and, and having a five-star match. I'm talking about if you wanted to be an XPW, you had to be tough. So they were going to beat your ass to make sure you were tough mm-hmm. and that you could hang. It was no exceptions, right? It wasn't like, oh, we're gonna. I mean, look at Angel. Look at. I'm surprised Angel's still walking, bro. I'm surprised <laughs> Angel's still living. You see yeah. all the crazy. If you go back and you look at the hardcore homo Angel, his character, yeah, and all the things he did in XBW from getting power bombed off a balcony, he's legit and missing tables and landing on concrete. Like I seen this dude messed up so many times from all these bad bumps he did. He was tough, bro. You couldn't kill him. But that, that was, back then, that was tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had to do that stupid shit to prove that you were tough. And, like, nowadays it's kind of stupid, right? Like, why let somebody hit me across the stomach with a weed whacker to show how tough I am? Yeah, like, what I, does it do? Yeah, what does it do? Who, who gives a fuck? Yeah, especially if you're getting paid, like, a couple hundred bucks. Is that worth right. a couple hundred bucks? I mean, for me, look, I did my first death match. I got paid 300 bucks. For me, yeah. I was like, holy shit, 300 bucks. You know, but I, I wasn't making that kind of money. I had yeah. to go work. I had a I had to literally work for like almost a week to make 300 bucks after taxes. Yeah. So for me, I was like, shit, I'll do a death match. I didn't want to do death matches, but like to get paid 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah. As going back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, you have to be tough and all that stuff. Isn't there, it seems to me like there's like, you know, I don't know. I'm not one of the boys. Like I'm not, you know, I've been around wrestlers. I've been around wrestling a lot, but I don't know, you know, the inside You're machinations. Smart. But yeah, yeah, but I I feel like there's this fine line you got to walk where you can't disrespect the people in the locker room, but you can't like fully be a pushover either because then they won't respect you at all. So there's like this weird like push and pull where you got to kind of walk this line. Well, yeah, it's not like that no more. It used to be. And I honestly, I wish it was like that. I wish it was like that kind of like it was back in the day. Nowadays, it's just like there's no loyalty. There's no you know, bonding. So many people are just out for themselves. Nobody's taken up for each other. Nobody helps each other. They they help each other if they can get help back. That's, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's always looking. A lot of people just want to be your friends because of what you got or what you can do. It's, you know, back then, like you built brotherhoods and, you know, you traveled with your crew and you had your clique and, and you know, the clique took care of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying everybody was like that, but for the most part, never, you know, every... That's why they had the ECW XBW rivalry and the fight and this and that. Like you, they were clicks. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the ECW boys stuck with the ECW boys and the XPW stuck with the XPW boys. And they fought to a death, right? They were going to kill each other. They were going to beat each other. And they had that big brawl outside the ECW pay-per-view out there. And then, uh, you know, a year or two later, whenever it was when ECW shut down, those guys all needed work. So they went and worked at XPW. Yeah. And there was water <laughs> under the bridge. Yeah. But yeah. Well, y'all were just fist fighting last year. Yeah. In this building. <laughs> but. Yeah, it just reminds me of um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, and you know Blue Meanie pretty well. His story yeah, of I love Meanie. Yeah, the the story where he talked about how he he got first class when he was working for WWE, and he didn't realize you were supposed to give up your seat to one of the one of the locker room you know veterans, and oh, then story. yeah, he, yeah but- he basically he said he was uh he was next to Mick Foley, and uh, like Undertaker or someone passed by him on the way back to like economy and yeah. and like um foley just turned to meanie was just like meanie no <laughs> like you yeah, you shouldn't be sitting but, here but 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 and that's how it is because those guys paid their dues and yeah i'll tell you somebody to bring it up somebody who's a dear friend of mine now but the first thing that turned me on to him is because of respect like these guys don't have respect no more no they don't give a shit like and it's sad because like they don't you know it's just it becomes a, a crappy business and there's no loyalty, and you know if it's it's literally what have you done for me lately, or what can you do for me in the future? Not what have you done for me in the past? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People forget that as soon as you can't help them anymore, or you know you like you tell them no one time, they hate you. You can tell them yes a hundred times, but as soon as you say no once, you're the bad guy, no matter how well you did for them. Uh, but I was at a show in Texas many years ago, and uh, it was the first time I met Mike Dell. And I came and wrestled, and this guy, Mike Dell's really good. He's from Jersey City, um, but he's he's based out of Texas now. And I came into the locker room, and there was no chairs. And Mike said, hey, here, take my chair. And I was like, no, 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 man, that's cool. You sit down. He's like, no, dude, you've been around longer than me. Take my chair. And I, he didn't want anything out of it. He didn't want It was just him being genuine, saying, hey, you've put time in. Have a seat. And mm. from that moment on, like, I was like, dude, that was very generous of you. Thank you. And thank you for being that way. And we just hit it off. You know what I mean? So like it was really nothing more than just a respect thing. Yeah, it says so, it and, says a lot about a person's character. That's like that that gives you does. an idea who he is. Right. And so, you know, I've always appreciated Mike because of that. So uh and he's a hell of a worker, man. He's a hell of a worker. He never really got a big break and he 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 got a good run in Wildcat. Uh he got out injured. Last year, he blew out both his knees in the same match and had had double knee surgery. Mm. So, so he was out about a year, but he's back now. So, hopefully, we'll have him back down at Wildcat when all this stuff is up and running again. Yeah. Uh, do you find it uh, difficult when you're running shows on the indies, especially like when it comes to because you've had your X-rated shows, right? Your adult shows, and then right, you also right, have right. like the regular family-friendly-ish shows. So it's kind of like. Do you find it what what's the difference when you're booking two different shows like that when you're trying to maybe hit like kind of a different demographic or audience with each one? Well, the family shows you have to uh appeal to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And you're never going to please everyone. So you can't worry excuse me, you can't worry about pleasing everyone. But in your heart you got to know that you're doing a good job. So when we do that, we try to put the best matchups possible. Of course, you know, you keep it family friendly and sometimes you got to go a little above and beyond, but the X rated shows is our adult show. Like you said, it's 21 up. That's where we let loose and that's where we really have fun. 
most of the guys in the back think that's where we say fuck. Mm-hmm. And they come out and they go, oh, I can finally say fuck on the mic. Like they've never said it before. Like they're a <laughs> 10-year-old kid, you know? But they're not a 10-year-old kid saying, hey, just because we can do that here doesn't mean you have to do that in a promo, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's why – And but they don't understand that still. And I'm not trying to shit on the guys. It's just an experience thing. They're like – it's so wound up. It's like having sex with a girl, right? You're talking on the phone. You're talking on the phone. You're talking on the phone. And then finally it's like, well, my parents ain't going to be home this weekend. You can come over. So we got to do it, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like they, they can't just wait. They can't go, oh, well, we shouldn't do this. It's like we have this opportunity. We, we, we Parents ain't home, so let's do stuff we ain't supposed to do. It's kind of like that with x-ray. It's like, you know, for me, it's the show. For those guys, it's to say fuck. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or brawl around the ring or something, you know? But yeah. Mostly- and there's nothing worse than, like, forced uh, just like being dirty, just for the for- the forcing of it. Like if it doesn't come natural to you, it doesn't really work. Like the the one thing I learned, especially mostly from uh, I listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast a lot, and he talks about the best wrestling characters are the ones who are like amped up versions of the person's actual personality. Right, like Stone Cold. Yeah, and then Stone like Cold is Stone Cold. Yeah, and people can tell when somebody's not legit. People can tell when somebody's forcing a persona that they yeah. don't have. But, I mean, there's also a lot of good characters that aren't anything like their character. True. Right? But that, so, yeah. What is the difference? I mean, that, look, like, how would you go about the, the difference between that? The Undertaker's not a dead man. The mm-hmm. not a dead man. True. Right? But he was able to, uh, to to flex in his motorcycle self later on in his career, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and, and, but that, what, that, that's not what The Undertaker's known for, though. True. Nobody, nobody thinks of that Undertaker. I mean, there's a reason he's back to the way he is now, right? With the smoke coming in and everything, and Paul Bear. And I wish mm-hmm. we had Paul Bear here. But uh, when you think about the Undertaker, you don't think of Undertaker with the fighting, with the MMA gloves on, in the corner going, hoo, 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 yeah, hoo, yeah, punch these guys, throwing combinations. You know, that was just part of his. You know, uh, Matt Hardy's done a great job at his character, uh, yeah. and he's changed it so much. Um, who else has been a crazy character? Um, so I guess you'd say it's more of a case-by-case basis then. It, it is. It is. It, it, because you see people in real life and you see – you know, for the most part, it is easier to be yourself or be someone – but but there's also guys who can turn on that switch and they just turn – they might be meek and real timid when you're around them, but when they get on that camera – and they turn into their wrestling persona, they're a completely different person. And you're like, dude, whoa, whoa, where is this person I was talking to in the locker room? Because mm. you didn't say two words or you had no you had no uh charisma, you had no anything when I talk, no, you're not funny, but when you go out there and you play this persona, you know, everything's out the window and you're this completely different person for the better. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the, the, the normal self is bad, but um I remember the first time I met Dusty Rhodes and um, I was tag teaming with him in NWA Georgia and I walked into the building and Dusty was already there and I walked up and I introduced myself to him and he said, how you doing? I'm Virgil. And he talked to me just like that and I was like, holy shit, he doesn't talk with a lisp. (laughs) That whole... Thing and he didn't say I'm Dusty Rose. He said I'm Virgil, 
and I like it just my my childhood image the the whole Dusty Rose that I knew my whole life just went out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was like you're just my the mind blown emoji. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was like, oh, I knew I knew your name wasn't really Dusty Rose, but I didn't know you didn't have a lisp. Yeah. So uh, you know, crazy things like that. Just you, 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 people making a big deal about this Tiger King guy. Yeah. And that character was like he evolved himself over time. He, I wasn't a big fan of the show, but if you talk about it, people, I'm sure a lot of people who are going to watch this watch that already. That was a character this guy evolved into over time. When you watch his stuff at the beginning. It looked like he was genuinely concerned about the animals and mm-hmm. his love and his passion for tigers. But you see, as he got money, as he got this, as he got that, he changed. I mean, you see it with celebrities all the time. The best They say the best thing to do is don't meet your hero because you'll just get disappointed. Because in your mind, you feel like, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to tell him how much of a fan I am of him. And then I'm going to tell him how much I love him. And then we're going to be best friends and he's going to respect me for buying his t-shirt for the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's normally like, all right, all right. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Okay. Have a good day. You're like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I love you. I love you. Yeah. It's like, okay, thank you, man. Have a great day. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 I'm, I follow you on Twitter. Send you a message. Yeah. All right. All right. You know what I mean? It's just like these weird experiences. I, I had a friend, um, my friend Darren Siebert. Darren's a dear friend of mine. And he's like, oh, and I'm not going to say the name of the guy's podcast he listened to. But uh, he's like, man, I love this guy and I want to meet him and I want to meet him and blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to see him at the show. I can't wait to see you. So he's seen him at the show and he went and talked to him. And my friend went into complete like markout mode. And he's just like, man, I'm such a big fan. I'm, a, I'm, I'm you know, I love your podcast. And the wrestler's going, okay, okay, cool. I listen to you all the time. I listen to every show. Loved your work. I love when you work with this guy. Okay. But then after I get scolded from my friend because he's like, man, don't ever bring that guy back. He's a jerk. I'm like, <laughs> why, why is he a jerk? And he's like, why? Well, I just went and told him how much of a fan I was. And the only thing he could say was, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, bruh, you realized he hears that from every single person that comes up to him, right? Yeah. He's not, that's just his life. So he's not being a jerk to you. He could have told you to screw off, but he didn't. He's just going, okay. All right, cool. You know, thanks, man. I appreciate it. He's not going to get up and give you a hug and be like, thank you, man, because I was hoping that one person would listen to me. And you're yeah. that one person. Like, it's, you know, it's it's crazy. And people, we, we make up these scenarios in our head on how we want things to be, but it's usually never that way, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I've met because I, you know, I used to do camera. I used to do websites for all these indie shows, indie shows that would bring in big guys. And I learned real quick that I couldn't act like a fan around them because if I did, you know, the eyes glaze over and they're kind of like, ah, crap, here we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is because you just sometimes you want to be treated normal. And look, I'm not the biggest superstar in the world. I'm like, I'm, I'm somewhere in the alphabet of probably like the h or f list right of celebrities but uh but i do a lot and then you you see how much people just because of what you do people treat you differently mm-hmm. for for better or worse and and but it's mostly to see 
what they can get out of you, unfortunately. It's never really genuine. You know, it's always like, hey, I, I, and I'll just give you an example. It's like, this is how I make a living, right? I, I'm a professional wrestling wrestler. It's what I do for a living. I advertise my shows every month at my gym, at several gyms that I go to, post on social media, do this, do that. Well, this woman was like, hey, can I have a, I see her at the gym. I don't really know her. Mm-hmm. Like, can I have an eight by, can I have a picture, autograph picture for my daughter? She loves wrestling. And I, I'd love to have, bring an autograph picture of you. I said, sure. Well, we got this show coming up. We bring it, we sell them there. I'll sell, I'll sell the pictures there. We'll take a picture on me. You know? Oh, I can't go to a show. You know, I'm not going to do that. Like, and it's just like, wait, wait, what? It was like completely absurd for her to go to a show yeah. because it would cost money and time, but she wants you to give her a free picture that you paid to get printed. You didn't yeah. want to pay for it. You wanted a free picture just so she can go back to her daughter and say, look, this wrestler goes to my gym. I figured I'd get you a picture since you like wrestling. Yeah. Wait. Nah, fuck you. Like, yeah. <laughs> not to be a dick, but we need support too, right? Yeah. You can't. Just deal with people who don't think like you think or think they don't think on a business term like, well, hey, this guy had to pay to get these pictures printed up. Let me at least offer him some money and say, well, how much for a picture? Let me buy a picture from him. Yeah. You know, it's just like the, the thought of supporting you in any way, shape or form was absurd. It's like, no, I'm not. Nah, not, no. But you can give me a free picture to give to her. Yeah. Like, no. well, when I was doing my my other podcast that I did where I interviewed comedians sometimes. Like, uh, I met, I saw, I met a uh, TJ Miller at a, at a show. Right. And I was uh-huh. like, Hey man, like, would you be down to do a show? And he's like, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm kind of trying to like treat my voice good. Cause I got, I'm at the end of a tour. I got one more show tomorrow. And I, I saw him in San Francisco and the next show, the last show of the tour was in Oakland, not that far away. So he's like, Hey man, I'll tell you what, if you come to the show tomorrow, we'll do the podcast after that show. And I'm like, yeah. cool. Sounds good. And that's what I did. I wasn't like going to bust his balls and be like, Oh, well, how about I just meet you after the show? How about blow? It's just like, no, man, right. like I, I asked you for something. So therefore it's on your terms, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, and it's, it's give and take. And I've learned that, um, you know, like I don't, I don't accept a lot of free things anymore unless it's from like a bigger company or something like, you know, and I'm not talking about my sponsorships and stuff like that, but I'm talking about like when I was younger, I'd always want to hook up on a concert ticket or hook up, you know, I didn't have money at the same time. But now as I own a business, I see how many people just want something for free. And it's mostly people that don't support what you do at all or never did. It's like Mm -hmm. people that come out the woodwork from high school. They haven't talked to you since high school. But they're like, hey, man, I see Wildcat. I see these shows. They're doing awesome. You think you can hook me up with some tickets? And I'm like, no tickets like cheap tickets are 12 bucks like you yeah. can't support you you go to the bar every weekend I, and i know you go at the bar every weekend because you're posting about it or you're doing this so you're going to spend a hundred dollars on drinks but you can't buy a 12 dollar ticket you want to come see me but you just won't pay for it i don't mean that much to you that you would support my business you know yeah, what and, I mean? you're, so, and you're talking a two to three hour live show where with multiple performers, multiple matches with people from all over the country and you can't spend $12 like. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's like you got to you got to know when to be a dick and when not to be. a dick. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you found that, especially with other workers, the second you had your own promotion, 
I'm sure a lot of them were a, l- a little bit more nice when they were oh, like, oh, I get, wait. Get up all the time. But yeah. It's, it's, a lot of times it's fake. And what I, what I like to do is uh, I don't want to give away any of my secrets here on, on about how I book guys, but I look for people who are genuine and people who are hard workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's never about like, because you, you get flooded with emails. You really, you legit can't answer every email. And I understand it now, uh, being a promoter, because I see wrestlers complain about it. It sucks when you, you email a promotion and you don't get a response back. But when you get a bunch of them a day, and they're, or, or they're so bad that you don't want to respond back, like, you legit, get, I get messages like, yo, what's up, dog? I want to work for your company. And you're like, <laughs> Motherfucker, like, yeah, well, like, would I, you like apply to, say, to a job with that with that statement? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and but they want a response. Then yeah, you get mad because you don't get a response. If anybody ever sends me a professional email with like, "Hey, here's my promo picture. Here's a link match. Here's my stats. You know, I'm I'm this tall. I weigh this much. I've been wrestling this long. I train with this guy or that guy." I always try and respond back. But if I get some the bullshit of you know. Hey man, what's up? What I gotta do to get on a wildcat? Well, you can pay twelve dollars, and there's a nice seat right there in the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. So it's just, you know, people are crazy, man. People are crazy. Speaking of which, uh, what like if you were to let's say put yourself? I'm not saying you're in the position to do that kind of stuff anymore, but let's say you are. If someone is looking to see like what is a match that you would send someone to to be like, this is what I'm about. Like something that's online that people could check out. Let's say if they're not too familiar with with your work as of right now. If they're not familiar with my work, they probably live underneath a rock. Because true, I, but, most wrestling fans, but, I assume, would. But I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a mainstream guy. I keep that in my. You know, I, I hold that to my heart too. I know I'm not the the, the uh, AEW Ring of Honor. You know, inter- internet babyface. I've never been. I was always the, the the guy from underneath the workhorse, the guy just trying to, you know, uh, do some things to survive. But I mean, we got a lot of good right now. I would say watch some of the Hawks every tag team stuff from ROW, uh, because that's most recent good stuff. Or you can watch if you want a, a small clip, you can go watch the NWA uh, first episode of uh, Circle Square, where yeah. it features me and my son. You know, me and my son tag team. We're doing like the real very first father-son full-time tag team thing. There have been father-son people who tagged in the past, but they've never been like a full-time run at it. And me and Perry yeah. are doing the first father-son tag team thing. We call ourselves Hawks Airy. And, um, you know, the NWA Circle Square kind of puts a a little backstory on it. But at the same time, like, we have some really good matches at ROW. But if you want to just see the Wildcat product, man, if you go on YouTube and type in Wildcat Sports, you go to our page, we put up the whole Punch Train Center show for free. You know, that show where we drew over 2,000 people. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, that's obviously a lot of storylines and everything involved. But uh, and the, the whole thing's not great, but it's not terrible neither. You kind of get an idea that like, you judge who you want from their work rates. But you can see me. You see Perry. Perry wrestled Stevie Richards. PJ Hawks wrestled Stevie Richards, which was pheno- a phenomenal match. Um, you see Katie Forbes. Uh, you know, she was the first and only female graduate out of Wildcat Sports. She wrestled two girls on that show. That was really good. Uh, and then you see the guys like Honky Tonk Man, and you know, we had Stevie Ray there. We had Booker T, but he had an incident with WWE, so that that he yeah, got he got uh, caught up in uh, Saudi Arabia. That's right. Yeah. So uh, you know, yeah. so Booker 
had to pull off the show last second because of that. Um, but you know, we had a, we had a, we had Rhino there, uh, Ernest Cat Miller, who was for me was it was that was full circle for me because Ernest Cat Miller is my first friend in pro wrestling. Interesting. Um, I met Ernest Cat Miller when I was like 15 years old. Me and my best friend Derek, we skipped school to go to an autograph signing with Ernest Cat Miller, Lash Larue, and one of the Nitro Girls. And um, and we were big Ernest fans because he would talk smack. We loved the smack talk. So we just hung out with Ernest all day, and we were playing around. And uh, I kept agitating him, agitating him. Ernest threw a fake punch like that at me, and it caught me in the lip, and it busted my lip. Now, keep in mind, I'm like a 15-year-old kid. It's like, oh, my, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, we switched phone numbers and everything. We st- we hung out with him all day. And he's like, keep me updated. I hope your lips are all right. Blah, blah, blah. Next time you come to town, I'll give you some tickets to the show and this and that and this. So um, he did. And then Ernest, like, was kind of a mentor. He hated wrestling back then because he came from that karate world. Mm-hmm. And he didn't buy into the wrestling. He was only doing it because it was a big payday. But he ended up, you know, in a lot of he had a he had a chip on his shoulder because of, you know, from what I remember of how tough he was and how legit of a badass he was. And a lot of guys were faking and it was political. And he wasn't a political guy, and he, you know. So like you'd hear about the backstage fights with him and guys and stuff. But I'd always look to him for advice. And uh, he was always very good with me. Always checked in on me. Even if I didn't talk to him, like he would call me and check in on me. And that lasted for me. I mean, still to this day. Still to this day. We talk at least once a week, right? So uh, just to be a kid and have some kind of mentor like that and then have Ernest be booked on my show, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was our biggest show we ever produced at that time, which was November, to have Ernest on our show, which it's kind of full circle, right? It's really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. He's one of those guys where you know at the time I was younger, I was watching WCW, you know, and I was like, okay, he's cry, cry to dude, whatever. And then like you learn later on in life, like no, this dude's like a certified badass. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, like he played major league soccer. He played in the NFL. He's done all these crazy things. You know what I mean? Like he he owns a company with Chuck Norris right now, some karate company. Him and Chuck Norris started. It's like this dude is everywhere. It's crazy. Now he's doing more movies. He just did it. He just he's uh, got a reoccurring role in MacGyver. Oh wow. He, the new uh, MacGyver that's out, so it's it's crazy, man. Yeah, what else? What else is like as far as the indies go from the time you started up till now? I know you already got went into some of it, the stuff that's different between now and then. But what else are you finding? What's like the most surprising difference? Do you think? I just that guys aren't tough. Uh, I think I think it's a very weak scene. I think um, they're more worried about doing stupid stuff than actually learning how to wrestle and how to tell a story and again they're not tough you know what i mean these guys can't fight in real life nobody backs up what they say it's all he said she said cry baby oh i can't get my way boo hoo hoo i'm gonna go cry on you on the internet and this and that and i that that wasn't around back in the day and those guys got snuffed out really fast that they were bitches you know um you got your ass beat and you got blackballed you know nowadays like students are in your school and they i got this student uh and his his name is uh, Chase. Well, he, he's not my student anymore. Um, he goes by the work name Rob Horn. And I, I love this kid from the time he grew up. I knew him since he was a little kid, and he came to start training with us. And he started doing well, but he started screwing up. And he was very lazy. 
couldn't do push-ups, couldn't do anything. So he, uh, you always try and teach him, right? You don't just scold him, you try and teach him. But putting in the work was too much for him. So recently, uh, I went and had a talk with him and his parents because I'm friends with his mother. So I didn't want him to get discouraged and quit. So I went and had this, he, he quit for like two weeks. So I went and had a talk with him and said, look, you have to step up. You have to do this. You have to do that. And, but everything's an excuse, right? Oh, well, I need, I need time to myself. Oh, I, I got to find myself. Oh, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not, it's, it's, everybody's got their own reasons, right? And these are the reasons he's telling me throwing things out. And then uh, I said, look, if you want to do this, you need to give it your all. If you love it as much as you say you do, and you always told me, you need to put everything into it, no excuses. Well, he came back to practice the next practice or whatever. Lasted about a week. Was gassed out in his workouts. Didn't want to work out. Had an excuse for everything he could do. And I pulled him aside. I said, "Look, I'm not going to keep you around just to keep you around because I like you. You got to be able to produce. You got to be able to pull workouts out. You got to be able to do your push-ups, your sit-ups, your squats, everything." Left again. Next thing you know, he's wrestling with the turds, you know, and promotions an hour away on these shit shows because he can email them on Facebook and say, "Hey." You know what I mean? It's just that easy. Yeah. It's just, I'll go work these shit shows and work for nothing and be a jerk off and not learn anything rather than put the actual work in. Yeah. And I'm sure when you got, you know, other guys who are putting in all the work and whatever, and even guys that are have already been working, you're not going to put some dude in there who might hurt you or hurt one of your other workers. Right. They, they, they stop going into this trying to be friends with people. Mm. Go into this looking to be the best and looking to work the hardest. And that's how you build your respect and your reputation. You know, being a friend with somebody, yeah, that might help you somewhere, but it ain't in the long run. It's really not right. Unless yeah. you're friends with Cody Rhodes and he's hiring you at AEW, then yeah. then it ain't gonna help you. You can go wrestle, but you're gonna wrestle in front of fifty people, and you're gonna wrestle some shit yeah. guy, and you're not learn anything, and that's where you're gonna stay the rest of your career. But everybody wants to be Facebook buddies, you know? Yeah. Oh, I brought guy on Facebook. And even and even so, you look at like their buddies, like like Brandon Cutler, and he's like zero and twelve because he's just. You know, he's just, you know, he's there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, did you, did you notice like, especially with like stuff like AEW coming out, do you like look at it though, at least as, I mean, the thing I like about them, you know, whatever people think about the product or whatever, I like the the idea that wrestlers are running wrestlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool because, uh, you know, for me. I'm just a fan of the business. So I don't take what people say positively or negatively in any direction. If you love the product or you hate the product, it doesn't really sway my decision at all. I just look at it as it's a good way for guys. I have plenty of friends there. So and guys that are hard work, so I'm glad to see a guy like Sonny Kiss get an opportunity because Sonny Kiss is a hard worker and he's a talented guy and he's unique. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I love to see guys like that. You know, and there's just so many guys. I mean, you know, you know how great people are, right? You know, the young bucks are awesome. They're very talented guys. Um, you know that you know Penta, Penta, and Ray Phoenix were all over. So of course you can see guys like that and go, yeah. yeah. It's also about seeing like a guy like Scorpio Sky for me. Scorpio Sky was one of these guys who was a, a diamond on the scene and never really got a break. He's wrestled a ton of promotions, did a ton of things, but never got an opportunity. So he got, he started getting a little bit with Ring of Honor. And then, you know, um, 
whatchamacallit took off at AEW and he got that opportunity there. So I'm glad to see a guy like Scorpio Sky, who's such a hard worker and such a good person, yeah. makes money and get a career after putting in all this grind. So, you know, I so no matter what you think of any product, it's best for the companies to be around because it provides jobs for everybody. Of course, the better guys they have, the better, you know, the more better product they can put out, the better because the bigger it's going to be and the better it's going to do. And the more, the longer it's going to be around, the more guys are going to get paid, et cetera, et cetera. That all goes hand in fist, right? Uh, but as long as companies are around, like, I mean, look at WWE, look how much they're spreading out and they got, you know, uh, NXT UK, you got NXT, it's NXT UK or is it WWE yeah. UK? So like they got that stuff spreading over there. They have NXT here. You know, they got all these different shows where it's giving these guys platforms to showcase different skills. 205 Live, these different, you know, just different platforms for guys yeah. to have these on. And that's what I'm a fan of. Yeah. And as a huge California indie wrestling nerd, you know, like when we saw the, I saw you at the uh, Bumps and Bruises show. Right. And uh, it was you and it's supposed to be you versus Brian Cage. And then it was you, Brian Cage, Scorpio Sky as a triple threat instead. And my buddy was there with me, and he was like, I know Brian Cage, and I know your buddy Luke. Who's the other guy? I was like, dude, you're in for a treat right now. <laughs> like, Scorpio Sky is legit. Yeah, and, to see, good, man. and to see him, like, on national television, like, holding a tag title, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this yeah. is... For me, it's better because I'm personal with him than my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't... I have emotional attachment to those guys because I know how great of guys they are and how long they've been working I mean, me and Scorpio Sky have been around almost just as long as each other, and we're, we've been friends for a long time. So see my friend get that opportunity is awesome for me. Yeah, who are some of the hardest-working guys you knew, like from the indie scene or whatever, that just never seemed to make it that should have, do you think? That's a tough one. I'd, I'd have to sit there and legit think. I mean, Sky's, Sky's highly on that list, so I'm glad he's getting that opportunity. Um Brian Cage is another one who was just a super hard worker, and now he's finally just starting to get out and get everywhere. Uh, you know, Joey Ryan's always did a pretty good job of making money and staying relevant, and but but like he's really over the top done it now, which is and Joey's a really nice guy. So, um, Steve Anthony is one. You know, uh, I think Steve Anthony is super talented. A lot of people probably do not know who he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he wrestles at Wildcat a lot. Um, he's been with us since the beginning. Um, you know, he was Harley Race's head trainer at at his place. Uh, he wrestled for New Japan. He wrestled for Noah. Um, and then, I mean, like, I'm going to be a little biased here because I have my guys. Like, to see, like, a guy like Matt Lancey or Buku Dow. Um, somebody like that, I like to see those guys get picked up and get an opportunity because I think for me, with Wildcat, we don't get the love that we should get because of our position in the, on the map. Mm-hmm. Where the South, so the South doesn't get the the California love, it doesn't get the East Coast love, it doesn't get you know we're like our own entity, and we're not. I mean, I, I, the Punch Train Center, we drew over two thousand people. Tell me what independent company is drawing those numbers. Yeah. And the only the only website that promoted us was Mike Johnson from PW Insider. He was the only one that gave us love. Nobody else went and said, Hey, look at this awesome company who just did this awesome thing and drew this awesome crowd. They like it was almost like we didn't exist for no reason. You know what I mean? Not not out of hate. It's just like 
They just didn't want to give us any love because we're not the internet darling. So I'd like to see some of my guys who have been around since day one that have been putting in a lot of work. I mean, let, let's take my son, for instance. PJ, Perry, whatever you want to call him. He's a legit shooter. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best wrestlers, pure wrestlers on the scene right now. And he's young. He's only got a few years experience. He's 21 years old. But he's a multi-time state champion amateur wrestler, right? He's a multi-time Team Louisiana member. Credentials out the ass. Could chain wrestle with the best of them. But it took him jumping off the second story of a mall to go viral to get people to pay any attention to who he is. And then he got a lot of negative backlash from that because people are like, oh, that's dangerous, that's stupid. It really wasn't because everything we did was professional and he's a trained stuntman and he did it, you know. Um, like, that was my you know, that was my yeah. defense to it online. People would say, well, that's just I was like, well, to keep in mind, he's a trained wrestler. He's a trained stuntman. This is not some rinky-dink, you know, someone right. jumping off the back of a house in a backyard show. This is not what this is. Right, and we had a doctor there. We had an ambulance there. We had everything that goes like I even seen like wrestlers commenting on it. And, and Shelton Benjamin, I love Shelton Benjamin to death. But he commented on it, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, this ain't WWE. We have doctors, and we have ambulance, and our guys are trained to do whatever they do. And I'm like, Shelton, I love you, but I had a doctor. I had an ambulance, and I, I promise you that me and my son are both well more, way more equipped and well more trained than any guys in WWE to do this stuff because it's what we do for a living outside of wrestling. We are also stuntmen, and I work in the film industry, and I coordinate films, stunt coordinate films. So... I promise you nobody there has the background that I have and the, the experience I have. Nobody there, you know, is doing 50-foot high falls, which me and Perry are doing. Yeah. So fire burns, gunshots, like all these different stunts, like that you guys are just wrestlers. We're stuntmen. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it was a safe it was a safe bump for what he did, but it took that to get him noticed. Not And people were like, oh, obviously this kid can't wrestle, so that's why, you know, he has to – do these dangerous tactics. No, it's just you don't pay attention to how well he wrestles and you don't get because that doesn't draw your eye. Him doing these flashy holes and this and that, you know, isn't what draws your eye. You see him doing this crazy thing, it's like a car accident. You got to look at it, right? Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, especially as someone who's kind of, you know, taking the reins on, on you and your son's career now, trying to be more of a tag team than you as a singles wrestler, do you look at that and do you get kind of nervous that that's what? people are going to think then that's going to be their first impression of him in the business. No, I, you know, I don't really care to be honest. I say any publicity is good publicity, even if it's negative. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't think that was negative publicity. Uh, that got spread around the world. Right. And like, we got it. I sold the clip and made money off it to several people. So what we did, cause we split it. But, um, to go back to it is, is anything you can do to bring, shine on yourself and then but you, but here's the thing is once you get those eyes on you you have to be able to back it up so and, and he can back it up i love doing the tag team thing because for me it's meaningful and it's never really been done so i don't necessarily want to be in a tag team but with my son i do with mm-hmm. my son it's like i like that's all i want to do i don't even want to wrestle singles no more because i'm loving traveling with my son I'm loving being in the ring with my son. I'm loving teaching my son, but I'm also learning from my son because there's things he can do that I can't do. There's, you know, we're the same, but we think differently. Mm -hmm. 
So like he makes me up my game sometimes and he's so good. Like he makes me step things up sometimes. Like I'm like, man, I got to step up so I can, you know, be ahead of him. Cause like, I can't, I don't, I can't fall behind to my kid. You know what I mean? Like I'm the teacher. Well, I can't it's, fall you know, it's a technical skill, but it's also a creative skill and right. people are going to think differently. So like, it's like if you were to compare two people collaborating on a piece of music, one person could be way more talented than the other one, but if the other person has an idea for a song, a melody, or something that the other person couldn't think of, it's going to add something to it, no matter who has what skills. Yeah, and I'm not a musician, so I don't know. But yeah, you, you see it. That's, there's a reason why they have 10 producers on some of these songs, you know? They're exactly. Different <laughs> so aspects. As a guy who's obviously, you know, you're not a, you're not, you know, you're a wrestler who's about actual ring psychology. You're not just in there. You know, you're a stunt man, but you're not a stunt wrestler. You're an actual wrestler. So right. how did you find the, you know, going from a full-time singles wrestler to doing, being more of a full-time tag wrestler as far as ring psychology and everything goes? Man, it was easy for me. It was easy because, um, again, it, it, it was a, it was a little more challenging because tag team wrestling and, and singles wrestling is different, but it's always, you can't have the same match, right? And you don't want to do the same thing. You don't want to do the same matches over and over, even with different people, right? Even if, even if I don't, the way I look at things right now, right? If I'm wrestling in California tonight with Perry, and then me and Perry go to Georgia tomorrow and wrestle a new tag team, even though it's a different area, I don't want to do the same thing I did last night because I want Perry to learn and get experience. So if we do this over and over again, he's not going to learn. So I'm try we're always trying to keep it consistently changing, right? And, and trying to just pick up as much as we can, work as hard as we can. And then obviously with the guys you work, we went down to Mexico for the first time when we tagged. And his very first match in Mexico, he got taken advantage of. What I mean by taken advantage of was we were going up in the match the guys were not happy about that because we were from out of town. So the local the local Mexican wrestlers that are from that area, we were wrestling. They cut his shit out of the middle of the match. They weren't going to do it with me. So they cut, they, they put all the heat on. They completely cut his comeback out. They cut his shine out in the beginning. And I'm like, look, I can't help you. That's something where you got to take control of it. Because he's like, he was pissed because he's like, they cut all my stuff. They cut all my stuff. And he speaks Spanish. My son's yeah. Spanish. He's Colombian. So he's like, they did that on purpose. I'm like, I know they did because they didn't want you to shine up on them. And then they lose the match too. They don't want you to look better, but you got to learn how to still get your shit in and just not let them, you know, they didn't beat him up because they couldn't, because he would have killed him. He would have stretched him out. But fucking, uh, but at the same time, like they still made sure like he didn't get anything in the match other than taking moves from them. So yeah. They're, they're savvy on the business. They understand. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, but it was a learning. So I said, next time that happens, you got to make sure you go in there and get your shit in. So, so people have a reason to want to see you again. Yeah. And promoters want to book you again. Yeah, definitely. How long did it take you to learn that when you were first starting out? I don't know, to be honest. I don't have an answer for you on that. That's a question I don't have an answer for because, you know, obviously, like I was always taught early on that guys were going to take advantage of you. And if they did, you have to give it back. You know, certain ones like it's always a situation unless you earned it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I was never guys tried to take advantage of me early on, and I'd always fight back. And once I start beating the ass, and you punch him back, they're like, "Oh, okay, I don't want to get hit by this guy. This guy hits pretty hard. He's a skinny kid, but he's got to fight." At first, they think they're just going to take advantage of you and rough you up, and then once you show them, 
hey, that's not going to happen with me. They back off. And they didn't want to be your buddy usually. You know, and I told Perry, I told PJ, I said, that's going to happen for two reasons for you. One, because of my reputation. I'm a loud mouth, roughneck, tough wrestler, right? I'm this guy who goes after anything I want. So, you know, people are going to wonder if my son's the same way. But at the same time, you have this reputation of this badass amateur wrestler and shooter. So some guy might want to test you and see how much of a shooter you really are mm-hmm. or try and make you look dumb. And it's your job to protect yourself and protect the business and make sure they don't do that to you. Because if they do, you got to defend yourself. But back in the day, that was very common. You know, uh, nowadays, not so much. Again, there's not a lot of tough guys or fighters or shooters in the business anymore. This it's, it's, it's fucking kids who got in because their friend's a wrestler and they started training for free in their friend's backyard and booked on shows and they became Facebook friends with this asshole and they started wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, that's what this yeah. is. So in the ring, you mentioned, you know, uh, them taking the kind of shine, get, taking his comeback away, whatever. If you're wrestling someone for, like, the first time, what's the worst thing they could do in that match that you're immediately like, ah, oh, shit, why, no. I'm sorry, ask the question again? So, like, if you're wrestling someone for the first time, what's, like, the worst thing they could do in a match? It, would it be something like that, trying to take your comeback away? Or, try, like, what, what's the worst thing someone could try to pull in a match that you're like, nah, that's not flying with me, man? I mean, I think the worst thing you could do in a match is try to intentionally hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's happened in the past. You know, guys have tried that. But, again, you lay the ass out, and then that don't happen no more. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... Because people get jealous for the dumbest reasons, right? You get in fights. Like, I remember when I first went to XB, I mean, first went to CCW, uh, a lot of guys were cool. And the most, like, the big mainstay guys were cool. Like, Justice Payne, rest in peace. He just killed himself recently, unfortunately. He was an awesome guy. But, you know, Nick Gage, those guys, the, the Trent Acid, Johnny Cashmere, those guys were, like, locker room leaders, but they were very cool to me. Um, but it was like I had trouble with some of the under guys who weren't as over that that were veterans, but never really made a name for themselves. And I, I they had trouble with me just because I came from XBW. So they tried to do shady shit like uh, freaking spike a girl's drink and blame it on me, date rape a girl's drink and blame it on me, you know things oh, like wow. things, yeah, for real. So serious shit, you know what I mean? But then. That was all proven, and it was like, hey, he's trying to get you in trouble. And wow. it was like, that's when that's when you get in a fight and you beat somebody's ass. Yeah. And you show them. But it's like just dumb shit like that. And that, that's not because you piss somebody off, not because you're a bad guy, not because you bang some guy's girlfriend or anything like that. You know what I mean? Or it's because you came from a different company, and you're more popular, so I'm going to try and sabotage you. So... Hopefully, I can have your spot. Yeah. Have you got? Have you had any people come work for Wildcat that you were like, I'm never having them come back again? Not because of necessarily something like that, but just the way they were working or the unprofessional nature of them or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had one guy who uh, was smoking weed right outside my dressing room, like right by the back door. Like, I've never had somebody do like, like I've had I've had guys like Sabu comes in and you heard the horror stories of Sabu. But I, got, I love Sabu to death. Sabu is a good friend of mine, treats me wonderful. But if Sabu can come in and be on his best behavior and not fuck anything up and not be drunk or not do anything, or Sandman can come in, again, Sandman can come in 
be on his best behavior, not be drunk, not do anything. I'm not going to tolerate some indie guy going, oh, well, you know, I, I just had to smoke a joint. I'm sorry. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So. Man. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel like it's a general thing, like whether it be with musicians or actors or wrestlers, anyone in a creative field, it's it's always like the top guys and the intro guys are always super nice. And it's just there in between is where you'll find some people who are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what's yeah, happening here? Always. That's, that's any aspect of life, right? Yeah. I mean, it's entertainment, but it's life, bro. You have one neighbor who's cool and then you have one neighbor who's freaking nuts. Yeah. And, like, and then you got this dog who's bringing me toys, wanting me to throw it. At <laughs> it's all good. But uh, when, when's the last time you were legitimately surprised by a worker? Like, in a good way or a bad way? You hit me with them questions. That's, that's, <laughs> that's these are good questions. Um, like maybe is there anyone that came in that you were like, or you saw on another show, not necessarily one of your shows, you were like, oh, I didn't see like the big deal, and then you saw them in person, you were like, oh, they were great, or the opposite effect, even like working with Finn Balor mm-hmm. um, before he was Finn when he was. Um, Devitt, when he was Prince Devitt, and he was when he was New Japan champion, I wrestled him in England. And he was light years above of anybody else I was wrestling at the time. I mean, you know, Matt Hardy was great. Matt Hardy's one of the top feuds I had. Working with Matt was great because everything it was just he was a different breed being in the ring with him, and I learned a lot from it. Uh but the same when I wrestled Devitt, because like you expect it from Dev from Matt because he was in WWE all these years. You don't expect it from Devitt because he was he was just in New Japan. And New Japan is great. I'm not trying to dis, dis, diminish uh, New Japan, but they're not WWE. Yeah, you know what I mean, so like you don't think of to me, at least to me they're not WWE. So you don't think of them as this big. I didn't grow up watching New Japan. I, I grew up watching WWE from the Hogan era, from the Manias and everything else. So to me, you know, what I mean, it's it's like. Uh, it's like comparing uh, uh, two chain stores, but one, you know, it's like comparing Suncoast Video to uh, Best Buy. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but, and like I guess I'm not trying to, you know, disrespect New Japan in any kind of way, but, but Devitt was a huge star there. But when I got in the ring with him, and it was an easy show, it was a little small show in England, but we wrestled each other and he was just, so good in his movements and everything else. I was like, man, I really would like to wrestle this guy more because I think we could do so much more together. Um, just being in the ring with him. And then, I mean, seeing, I mean, I'll tell you straight up, there's people, I don't know how Ruby Ray's isn't signed anywhere. I think she's, she's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch and she's a tough ass female. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she's a bruiser. So I, I love watching Ruby Ray's matches. What do you think about, uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a big hype right now as far as uh, a lot of people are arguing over whether or not Tessa Blanchard should have the Impact title, all this stuff. What do you think about like intergender wrestling and all that? I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling. You know, Sorry, uh, say that again. I'm not a fan of intergender okay. inter- wrestling. Um, I've done a few matches, but I'm, I'm just I'm not a fan of it because for me, I'm a big believer in pro wrestling, and then it becomes. Strictly a spectacle show at that point. It, okay, it, it, you know, th- there's no, there's no uh, realism to it. 
You know, when China did it, it was there was realism because she was jacked and she was, you know, ahead of her time and she she broke down these barriers, right? And Tessa's phenomenal. Tessa, Tessa is a phenomenal wrestler. But you can't tell me that you can believe and I and, and I'm not look, everybody's different. People are gonna hate me for saying this, people are gonna agree with me, but it's my opinion. You can't tell me, I understand it's wrestling. But you can't tell me if you put Tessa against Brian Cage in a street fight, you're telling me Tessa has some chance of yeah. just coming out alive. I mean, just coming out alive. That's where it gets... If it was something that was built to and it happened one time and there was a few spots that made Tessa look good, maybe even put her over, but... You know, obviously, Cage dominates the match. I see it. But to have it going on at all these shows all the time, and it's just like you want the women to be equal, for me, it's bullshit. Because we all know, bruh, it's like putting me against a 120-pound kid. Mm -hmm. I'm 225 pounds. I fight. I fought my whole life. You know what I mean? You put me up against the guy that's bagging groceries at Win Dixie, I'm gonna murder him. Yeah. But you want to go make this kid look good, who doesn't go to the gym, who doesn't, you know, do anything physical, but he's training to be a wrestler and he's not taking it seriously and he's not eating, but he you know, and he's got shitty gear. And I I was that kid. Yeah. So I know like like this is me explaining life experiences. I didn't have guys telling me early on to go to the gym and train and do this and try and help me be better. I had to learn all this stuff on my own and I had to figure out what can I do to be a top guy, to be the main guy on the poster, to be the heavyweight champion, to be this. Nobody was telling me, dude, you got to get on your diet. Dude, you got to go to the gym. Dude, you got to do this. You got to do that. So I was just, I was thinking of moves. I can do a shooting star. I can do a twisting 450. I can do... You know, a halo, the moonsault from the outside in. I, I had these cool things, but I didn't have psychology and I didn't have a look, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and that all plays the fact that plays into the factor. And when you watch boxing, you're never gonna see uh, Mike Tyson boxing Layla Ali. Yeah, you're never gonna see you know uh, Ronda Rousey fighting Conor McGregor. You're just yeah. not gonna see. No, Ron is yeah. probably bigger I than Conor McGregor, but you're not going to see it. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, there's, I don't know, for me, like, it is wrestling, so, you know, it is, you know, the work of it all is a whole thing. I think it's, for me, it depends on, a, like, I haven't seen a lot of the Impact stuff, so I can't really judge it that well. I did see the, uh, when Will Ospreay uh, wrestled B Priestley for their, uh, they did a show because of the co- the coronavirus for, like, to raise money for the, re- the wrestlers. Yeah, I didn't England. see it. Okay. And that one, that one kind of made me believe it's possible to make a good match out of it. And you, and there's cases where you can't. Like, Ruby's a bigger girl. Mm-hmm. So Ruby's bigger than a lot of guys wrestling. So you can put her in there for the most part with guys, you know what I mean? Some guys, and, and have it believable. But at the same time, it's, look, and I'm going to use this analogy, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. How many Spike Dudleys were there? How many Ray Mysterios were there? Yeah. 
right? The things that made those guys special is because there was one of them doing it. Now you have this, you know, massive, um, just, you know, influctuation of, of, of female wrestlers wrestling guys and guys are doing bumping like this for, you know, you got a 200-pound guy bumping for a 120-pound girl. That's and, and a lot of times their stuff doesn't even look that good. So it's like, you know, and there's a lot of good wrestlers out there. There's a lot of good female wrestlers out there, especially right now. It's more than there's ever been. And Tessa, Tessa Blanchard is a hell of a worker. She's she's put her dues in. She's paid her time. You know what I mean? Like she's she's perfected her craft, and she's only going to get better if she stays healthy. But just can't have that consistently and all the time, and you can't have multiple of them. You know what I mean? You can't have one on every show and every promotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it definitely needs to be, you know, like if, if a wrestling show is a buffet, you know what I mean? It can't all be the same dish. And I feel like if you have, a, you know, it's if you have it as like a special attraction or a specific thing, then it's one thing. But I think, yeah, you're when you're saying to make it a completely consistent thing over and over again, it, it's just going to dilute the specialness of it if you're going to do it as a, a special match. Like I said, I think I think it can work. But like well, you're saying, that's why it worked with China, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's why. I mean, it, it, it's it's characters. It's a show, but you want to be, want to have belief in it as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, but but there's all the, you know, there's all aspects of wrestling. There's, you know, British style, Japanese style, American style, Mexican style. There's comedy. There's you know, there's just. All these different forms of wrestling. I mean, some people like going to Chikara and watching, uh, oh boy, Gentleman Jervis put, you know, Orange Cassidy to sleep and then pinning him. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. It's a show. But can you imagine seeing that on every show multiple times? Yeah, exactly. Then it wouldn't be special. Yeah. So have one girl do it and make it special. Don't. Have and that, and I mean that with everything, you know. Once you see the Canadian Destroyer, and if you see it in the middle of the opening match, it just doesn't fare well to be a finish in the main event because you've already seen a guy kick out of it in the you know early on in the show. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, yeah. When especially on specific shows, it all depends. We had this conversation before where like. If you know a specific thing is the finish in a third match of the night, maybe don't do it in the opening match in the middle of the match. Like maybe right, exactly. Just, but it, it happens because people don't care. Yeah, they don't respect the business, and you know, it sucks because I feel like I'm caught in this between where I'm still young, but I've lived a long time and I've done a lot of stuff and I've came up in, with a lot of old timers. I was fortunate enough to ride in cars and learn from them. Like if you did that, they. First off, they wouldn't let you do it if you were working a veteran. Second off, but if you did, you were getting some shit. You're probably gonna get your ass beat, or you you were damn sure gonna get scolded at the minimum. You will be scolded, right? And you would feel so bad that you did it that you would never do it again. You'd learn your lesson. Mm-hmm. Guys don't care nowadays because again, they can leave here and go wrestle, you know, thirty minutes away. Yeah. And- doesn't mean they're making money. It's just like, oh, I can still go say I'm a wrestler and I'm wrestling in front of ten people. So it's it's it sucks, yeah. dude. But I think eventually, 
those people will get washed out. It may not be today, maybe not be tomorrow. Nah, it's always gonna be there, and it's getting worse. <laughs> it's so easy to get. You got Corona? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. It's just it's just so easy for people to get in the business, right? And you mm-hmm. know, and everybody wants to get rich quick. I mean, it's like it's like music, man. You know, these guys they're not in their garage just jamming. They they buy the stuff. They're putting out on the internet, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm ready for a record deal." Let's go. These guys aren't. They're not. Yeah. You know, hours and and months and years just putting work in and going and playing these shitty bars and trying to get heard and trying. You know, it's just like. Everybody wants to be successful fast. They don't want to put the work in. Put the work in. Make the mistakes. Figure out what you're doing wrong. Figure out how to fix it. You know, mistakes are good sometimes. A lot of times mistakes are good, and they can be learned from. What's the best mistake uh, you've made in wrestling? My son. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, No, that's uh, the best mistake I've made in wrestling like at the time, maybe you thought it was a mistake, and now you look back and you go, "Oh, you know what? That was way better. That didn't happen." I think when I stopped giving a fuck, to be honest, mm-hmm. like I used to be so worried about what I did, and 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 you know, and trying to be liked and trying then, because I, I do, I used to do everything, and I mean like literally everything. Like I, I was carrying bags. I was, you know, just just trying to be liked by everybody and not necessarily like, hey, man, I got to be your friend. But it's like I was so worried about what people thought of me when I stopped caring kind of things went up. I was like, look, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be myself. Like I used to eat shit, you know what I mean? And I would eat shit from people I shouldn't eat shit from just because I was like, well, I don't want to have, you know. I don't want to say something back and then, you know, somebody else doesn't like me because I'm defending myself, you know, and it was natural for me to defend myself. So it was hard for me to bite my tongue, but I used to, and I used to hate it. And I'm like, man, I, I don't want to seem like I'm a trouble causer, but then I'd be like, man, fuck that. I'm like, like, I'm not taking shit from this dude for no reason. When I haven't did him and everything, I didn't do anything wrong. this guy's just in here. Like, like just incredible. For instance, when we had, uh, the extreme rising shows, you know, uh, he had posted a picture of Sabu the night before. Sabu had OD'd and went to the hospital, and he posted a picture on Twitter. Well, the next day, he came to the show. Justin Incredible does the same thing. Passed out in the chair. I took a picture of him, and I posted it on Twitter. And I was like, look at this fucking junkie, probably getting paid $1,000, $2,000. I'm like, keep booking these guys. You know, keep booking these guys who show up like this. Now he can't even perform. And then, you know, we had it when he came to... He can't. He told me. He asked me to get my chair. I said, "Get your own fucking chair, you fucking junkie." No one fucking tell me to get you a chair, you piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, like. And we've talked and squashed shit since. And he apologized for all that shit because he was fucked up. But it's like, I, you know, back in the day, I would have went and got him a chair. Yes, sir. He's all fucked up. He's disrespecting locker room. Now my job is I'm the veteran. I'm the locker room leader. I'm, I'm a guy who's working hard and in the gym and I'm training. And I'm trying to. Make sure we have the best show possible. And, you know, you here get paid more than me and you can't even perform. So once, once you know, I kind of took that leadership role is where things kind of turned the corner for me. And um, the, the thing about being a leader is, though, not everybody's going to like you because once you tell somebody something they don't want to hear, you know, yeah. no 
your biggest fan. Oh, yeah. I'm especially you talk about guys like who are getting booked because of their name. You know, right. they're they're expecting to be coddled. Pretty hard, basically. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. let's go ahead and let's go ahead and uh, let's take this bad boy home here. Uh, I got a couple just quick little questions that we could just finish out this thing with. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is a favorite mover hold that you don't use? The top rope leg drop. I used to do it all the time. I stopped doing it. Why'd you stop doing I just, it? I, I used to love doing it. Uh, I just, you know, I stopped being really a high flyer. Excuse me. I stopped being a high flyer. So, like, that was my finish for a long time. And uh, especially like in the NWA Wild Side days, and I had a really pretty leg drop. But I didn't want to be a flyer anymore. So I, as I got bigger, I stopped doing some of the, you know, flying moves. And I'll bust them out every now and then, but I haven't done a lay drop, and I couldn't tell you how long. Nice. Uh, craziest fan interaction? Craziest fan interaction is at the last X-rated show. I, believe, I think it was either last year's show or the one before that. Uh, a fan actually shit on themselves. And they stood there and talked to us like it didn't happen and hung out the whole show. <laughs> Everybody's like, bruh, this dude's got shit all over his leg and shit out his pants. No. And yeah, it was, yeah, wild. And and eventually he got put out the bar. Yeah. It was like, I, uh, I don't even know. Maybe it was an accident. I mean, I, you would think, right? But you, yeah. you never know. You know, people are wild, so... Uh, has a booker ever tried to stiff you on money? Yeah, a couple times. Um, well, I can't say me. Uh, Steve O'Neill stiffed me in Extreme Rising days because he owed us all money in bookings. But um, the Extreme Reunion, the Extreme Hardcore Reunion shows in Canada, I got booked on uh, after the Extreme Rising stuff, and we went up there. We went to. I flew into Detroit, I believe it was. I think it's Detroit. And then we drove. They had some a van pick me and a couple other guys up, drive us over the border, about three hours over the border into Canada, start wrestling. And the, I got paid beforehand. I got PayPal and everything beforehand. Like some, one or other two other people did. The rest of the show, the promoter left with the gate in the middle of the show and disappeared. So nobody had rides home. Nobody had their money. I was thankful I got paid, but a fan, his name's Wally. Uh, I forget Wally's last name. But uh, Wally stayed there with us the whole time, and then he drove me, Jazz, and a couple other people back all the way to Detroit. Got wow. us there. He drove back home throughout the night and went to straight to work the next morning. So, you know, oh, that was crap. cool. That was very nice. That was a very positive fan experience. And, you know, things like that. I'm thankful for fans, man. I love fans. I'm appreciative of them, you know, from all, all aspects of them. The crazy ones, the wild ones, the stubborn ones. Um but they're all great, right? Everybody's different. So, I mean, like, dude, who who would do that? You know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who have family members that won't even do that. They're like, oh, I'm not, you know, you just kind of have to miss your flight and I got work in the morning. Oh, you ever, had try, you ever try to get people to pick you up at the airport? I, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't like, you know, I, a lot of times when I go places, I'm either with my friends in the area. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or or by myself, I have my routines. I do my training and stuff like that. So, or if I go to specific areas, I usually have a friend that I won't stay in a hotel with because I want to visit my friends that I rarely see, you know? Yeah. Uh, hardest you've laughed at an indie show? Hardest I laughed at an indie show? 
Next question, because I don't remember. I okay. Uh, worst gimmick you've seen? Man, there's so many of them. <laughs> the, the How about one that... Oh, sorry? the N-word taker is a pretty bad one. What is it? The N-word taker. You know what I mean. The N-word. What's the oh. N-word? Taker. The N-word taker. You never heard about that guy? No. Oh, it's great. Google it. Oh, Jesus. Okay. You can spell it. Add the N-word and put taker on it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it on incognito mode for that one. Uh, yeah. uh, pure joy in wrestling. Seeing my kid, man. Seeing my kid just do do what he does and do well and be so passionate about it. It's it's It hits home for me because I was so passionate. I still am passionate about it. So it's like to be able to share that with my son's phenomenal. All right. And then we'll end off with uh, – any pranks? I don't know if you're a prankster or whatever, but you always hear horror stories of the back in the day, people taking the shit in other people's bags, all kinds of nonsense. What are some prank stories you can remember from the indie days? Oh, yeah. Uh, I used to crank call guys all the time. So I would uh, I ask M-Dog, if you ever talk to M-Dog or any of those guys, I used mm-hmm. to get them when they first started with XBW. So they came from CZW. So I would crank call them and just be like, I'm a promoter. And I'd be like, hey, man, I'm running this show in Iowa, and uh, I'd like to have y'all in. I can't pay you much, but you can get some... Just typical shit promoters would say. Yeah. Uh, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll guarantee you I'll have your hot dog after. And I did the hot dog handshake deal, and he'd be like, they'd be like, no, I can't do it. And I'd sit there and try and keep him on the phone and talk to him and just try and convince him to do the show. And then uh, eventually, you know, just go, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, there you go. All right, I did man. I all those guys. I used to mess with all those guys back in the day about it. Any pranks pulled on you? Oh, yeah. A million times. I mean, when I was 18, Paul Bear and them uh, got me hammered and stripped me naked and threw me in the hallway of the hotel room, shaved my legs and everything else. So it's like <laughs> that, that you know, that was me breaking into business back in the day. So, Dang, that's a, that's definitely a nice little hazing ritual right there. Oh, they used to get hazed, man. But it was good. It was good times. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Go ahead and give out uh, your uh, social media stuff again, your, the Wildcat Sports website, all that. Check out wildcatsports.com. It's W-I-L-D-K-A-T, Wildcat with a K, Wildcat Sports. So check out our social media. Everything's at Wildcat Sports. You can check me out at LukeHawks504. That's L-U-K-E-H-A-W-X-504. And check out my son's stuff as well. Um, we're on all media platforms. We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I think that's it, right? Because I'm not on TikTok or any of that stuff. I'm yeah, not none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah check out any uh... videos on there. But you know, if you want to check out his, his is all, all at PJ underscore Hawks. Yeah, check out the uh, Circle Squared episode of NWA Power with them on it. Yeah, check that out. Check out our Wildcast stuff. You know, what I mean, definitely check out the Wildcast social media. It's where you stay updated with all our shows, and we put out a bunch of free stuff. And we're going to be doing something really cool within the next week on this. So if you want to pay attention to that for sure, I don't know when this is going to drop. But uh, next week we plan on dropping something big. If uh, you know we're, we're trying to shoot it around this Corona stuff, so if we end up getting it finished in time, it'll be out next week. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks again. Thank you, P. Have a good day.